This is Leah Jones, Director of Financial Planning at Hightower Bethesda. Thanks for joining me today as I explore topics that I hope arm you with the ability to make smart financial decisions. This is Leah Jones from the Everything Money podcast, and today's episode is intended to shed light on the concept of using a 529 as a savings and investment vehicle to plan for kids' college costs in Maryland, specifically, is what we're talking about today. While many of the concepts we'll discuss can apply broadly to most 529 plans, it is important to know that each state is responsible for administering their own 529 plans. And so there might be differences. So if you're investing in a 529 plan, just make sure you understand the state-specific requirements and nuances around that plan. So today, we're going to try and cover commonly asked questions about Maryland 529 plans. So things like, what is it? How does it work? How do you start distributing funds in the future? What happens if you don't end up needing it all for various reasons? What's the maximum and minimum you can contribute? And why would somebody decide to open one up? My guest today is Michelle Winner, and she is Director of Marketing for the Maryland 529 Plan. Thanks so much for joining us today, Michelle. Aw, thanks for having me, Leah. Well, I think a great opening question is, in a nutshell, what is a 529 plan? That's a great question. So a 529 plan, or a college savings plan, is a tax advantage way to help families save for future higher education expenses so they can be less reliant on student loans. They're commonly referred to as 529 plans after the section of the Internal Revenue Code that gives them their special tax properties. Okay, so in a nutshell, it's just a type of account. That's all. 529 is kind of this obscure number, but at the end of the day, it's just a type of account. Correct. Okay, great. Moving on, what are the advantages of opening a 529 account for your child versus contributing to a traditional savings account to save for them for college? So 529 plans come with tax advantages. Um, So if you participate in the Maryland 529 plans, Maryland state taxpayers can deduct up to $2,500 in contributions per prepaid college trust account or per uh, college investment plan beneficiary from their state taxes, which equates to approximately a $200 tax savings per $2,500. There's also the potential for greater earnings in a savings account if the returns for the investment chosen exceed the applicable savings account interest rates. However, there's also a chance that you could lose money. Finally, any investment earnings on a 529 account are tax deferred until distribution, and then they are federally and Maryland state tax free if you use your funds to pay for eligible education expenses. Great. And so, and we get asked this question a lot. So I just want to reiterate here. So Michelle is going to talk to us about what the differences are in Maryland. There are two plans that you can contribute to. So one is a college trust account and the other one is a college investment plan. And so she's going to get into more detail about those two plans and what they look like. There's some differences between them. But the first benefit, just to recap that, is that If you're a Maryland resident and you contribute to a Maryland 529 plan, there is 
a small kind of income tax credit deduction that you can receive from making the contribution. And, and as you mentioned, it equates to about $200 tax saving per $2,500 that you contribute. So that's kind of, you know, one, I would call that the smaller benefit. Hey, we'll take tax savings wherever we can get it. But the larger tax benefit is that while this money is in the 529 plan, it grows much like a retirement account with absolutely no tax consequences. So that could be 10, 20, 30, 40, you know, this can be many, many years of absolutely no tax consequences. And then also when the money or the funds come out to pay for qualified education expenses, again, no taxes. So that's really actually a huge benefit. And that's why there are really a lot of advantages to opening a 529 versus if you just had a traditional savings vehicle, that vehicle would be taxed the entire time. So as you're kind of waiting for your child to go to school and it's just, let's say, in a traditional investment account, you're going to be paying taxes on that on an ongoing basis. And then if you have to sell to start funding their college expenses, and if there's gains, et cetera, you're going to also pay taxes while you're funding those college expenses. So I just just want to kind of recap that, that the, the, this is why people do 529s. It's, it's, a, it's a very significant advantage. Great. Thank you so much for that explanation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just always helps to clarify a concept, especially when it's very important like that one. So... <laughs> So I think, and, and we talked about this in, in, in that point here. So can you talk a little bit about the two different types of Maryland 529 plans and just what the differences are between the two? Sure. Um, I'm going to start with the Maryland Prepaid College Trust. The Prepaid College Trust is a contract plan in which you can secure tomorrow's tuition at today's prices. So you pay the contract price now or over time, and we pay the tuition when your beneficiary starts school. So the burden is on us to invest your contributions and earn the returns needed because we're on the hook for tuition. You can choose to purchase as little as one semester up to four years at a university or two years at a community college. And your plan can be used at any federally accredited college or university nationwide. Now, the Maryland College Investment Plan, you can choose from a variety of investment options, including target date funds and invest based on your personal budget, savings goals, and risk tolerance. Your investment plan savings can be used for any qualified education expense, including college tuition, room and board, um, an apprenticeship, trade or technical school, and even up to $10,000 per year toward K-12 through tuition. Right. And that 10000 per year, I think a lot of people don't know because that's a relatively newer provision that 529s are allowed to pay for kindergarten through 12th grade, $10,000 per year. That's correct. Um, and that's for private or religious schools or um, public schools that have tuition. So for example, if you live in Baltimore County and your child attends Baltimore City School of the Arts, they most likely have to pay tuition to attend the school in Baltimore City. Great. Yeah, I think that that's a great thing to, to highlight. So the, so the one plan, the Maryland Prepaid College Trust Plan, is more of the opportunity is to lock in the cost of tuition today and then the burden is, you know, on the Maryland 529 plan to cover the difference in kind of inflation and, and that type of thing that comes up with college costs. Whereas the Maryland College Investment Plan, 
I would say is kind of more traditional, but it kind of depends on how you think about it because I think a lot of states offer both of these type of programs and it is important to understand the nuances because they are very different. So the Maryland College Investment Plan is more like kind of a traditional retirement account where you have a menu of investment options and you select them. And then, you know, the, the intent is obviously for them to grow. And when it comes time to use them, then you kind of, you know, sell and whatever it's accumulated to is, is what you have for, to pay for college expenses. Yes. And, and I would say that the prepaid college trust is similar to a pension plan, right? So you're paying the money now to you know fund your future tuition and mandatory fees at those Maryland public colleges um, so that when your child is ready to start school, regardless of what the increases may be at that time, the tuition and mandatory fees are paid for by the trust. Got it. And if people have questions about this, do, do you guys offer a resource um, to kind of help them weigh what, what the differences are? Absolutely. Um, I would first recommend going to our website at maryland529.com. We have a great FAQ section for both plans, so you can get more information that way. And we also have a customer service line, 1-888-4MD-GRAD, um, that you can call and speak with a representative Monday through Friday. And I, I know I've spoke to them before, and they've always been very helpful. And of course, our clients at Hightower Bethesda know that they will come directly to us, and anything that we can't answer, we will always go uh, come back to you guys to answer for us. So, okay. What if you open a prepaid college trust plan for your child? And I know this is a a huge concern, right? And then Mm -hmm. they don't end up going to school in Maryland. They instead choose to go to school out of state. How does that work? So you can still use your plan for to pay for that tuition and mandatory fees at out-of-state and private colleges, and you'll receive either your minimum benefit or the weighted average tuition of in-state schools. So your minimum benefit is um, your payments made under your contract minus operating expenses plus a certain rate of return. So for example, uh, let's say you purchased a purchased a one-year university contract for $10,000. But the tuition and mandatory fees at that out-of-state college is $8,000. That's less than what you paid for the contract. So the trust will pay the $8,000 tuition cost, and then you can use the remaining balance up to your minimum benefit for other eligible education expenses, you know, such as room and board, books, supplies. And then if the out-of-state or private college tuition is more your minimum benefit, and most likely they they usually are. And if your minimum benefit is less than the weighted average tuition towards your college tuition, the uh, weighted average tuition is calculated by looking at the tuition and um, the total number of students attending the Maryland public colleges at that time your child is about to enter college. So um, not the time that you purchase your your plan, but the time that your child is actually ready to start college. And then um, they take a look at the tuition and total number of students enrolled at each of those Maryland public colleges, and they average out the amount of tuition being paid. So if the private or out-of-state college costs more, you would uh, receive the weighted average tuition and, and then would need to pay the difference uh, to make up for the for the tuition cost. For example, this past year, 2020, the 2020-2021 enrollment period, uh, the weighted average tuition was roughly a little over $5,000 per semester. We pay, that's we the, the trust will pay uh, tuition by the semester. So roughly you'd get a little bit, a little over $10,000 uh, for weighted average tuition if your child were starting college this past year and they decided to attend an out-of-state or private 
college. So that can give you an idea. Okay. Yeah, that's very helpful. Okay. So next question here we have is, what is a qualified higher education expense? And so I get this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean exactly? What can I use it for? Because that's an important distinction. Sure. So for one thing, I would want to add that Maryland 529 does not define what qualified higher education expenses. The Internal Revenue Code does. So basically, qualified higher education expenses are as defined in Section 529 of the Internal Revenue Code. So generally, these include tuition, fees, and cost of textbooks, supplies, um, equipment required for the enrollment or attendance of a student at an eligible institution, so such as a laptop. Uh, certain cost of room and board of a beneficiary uh, during any academic period uh, during which the beneficiary is enrolled at least half time at an eligible institution. Expenses for the purchase of computers, which I mentioned before, and peripheral equipment. So that includes printers, computer software, internet access, and related services. To the extent that such items or services are used primarily by the beneficiary during any of the years the beneficiary is enrolled at an eligible institution. And then any other qualified tuition program expense of the beneficiary outlined by the IRS publication 970. So if you still want more information about qualify higher education expenses, um, you can go to the IRS website and look up IRS publication 970, and that's where you can find the complete list. Right. And so the, the li- list is, is pretty extensive. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of maybe fail to understand. Um, and nowadays, you know, computers cost a lot. That's mandatory at colleges. And so, you know, that list that you just ran down is quite extensive. Books, I remember books being super expensive. I'm sure that hasn't changed, even though they're probably online now. Um, <laughs> so room, room and board. What about like study abroad's? Is that is that covered under this? Well, I think it, it depends on the plan that you're enrolled in. So if you are enrolled in the Maryland Prepaid College Trust, your tuition and mandatory fees um, may be covered if it is an eligible institution. Um, so, you know, for example, if your child is attending University of Maryland College Park and they study abroad through the University of Maryland program, then they may be able to use their benefits to pay, you know, for the tuition and mandatory fees, you know, if it's, you know, reciprocal with University of Maryland College Park. So that's one example. With the Maryland College Investment Plan, it has to be a, a federally accredited institution, meaning they offer federal financial aid. So, you know, you can look under the Department of Education's website and it should list international uh, schools that are federally accredited, but you would be able to use your contributions in your college investment plan to pay for that internet for international schools, um, you know, as long as it's federally accredited. So that could have come in handy for me because I did a Maryland study abroad, one of my best college experiences. Um, so. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry you weren't able to use your, your plan for that at the time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. yes, it is, it is very, it, it's good to know. But again, you know, we, it, it depends on the plan that you're enrolled in. We, and certainly call first uh, just to confirm. But generally what I just explained it, it, is how it would work. Okay. Yeah. And also just to also clarify here. So this is the IRS that mandates this. So this particular provision, what we're talking about right now is going to apply to every single 529 plan out there because it's mandated by the IRS who is setting the rules on what is qualified. So ask, you know, blame the IRS if you don't like it. 
<laughs> and always check too, because they're all, they're changing. You know, they they, they change. They, you know, they change their provisions. You know, you, you know, just like the K through twelve tuition. You know, that just came about a couple years ago. So you know, always make sure that you just check and make sure that there haven't been any changes to five twenty nine law. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the same thing with the computers. I know that wasn't the case when I was going to mm-hmm. to college, but um, but you know, now it is. So great point. Can this, and I think we talked a little bit about this, but can this money be used for anything other than college? Yes. Um, So if you have a Maryland college investment plan, you can use the money to pay for trade school, certified apprenticeships, and as I mentioned before, tuition at those K-12 private, public, or religious schools. Um, And again, just to reiterate, that K-12 tuition is limited to a maximum of $10,000 per year per beneficiary. And then with the prepaid college trust, in the event your child receives a scholarship, grant, or tuition remission, so maybe that, those tu- that tuition and mandatory fees may be already covered, um, you can then use the money in your plan to pay for those other eligible education expenses outlined by the Internal Revenue Code. So you could use it for room and board, books, supplies, and so forth. Yeah, great point. And that that's what I always talk about with people too, is there's quite a bit of flexibility in terms of things that it can cover and that ways that it can be used. So I think I think we already kind of talked about the study abroad. What happens, and this is a really important question too, because this comes up all the time. So my child is a brilliant superstar and they got a <laughs> full ride scholarship. And so now I've set aside all this money and they don't need it. So, or, or, you know, they just uh, got a, a smaller scholarship, a partial grant, or they are attending a military academy. So what happens in that event? Well, first of all, kudos, right? <laughs> to the child who uh, earned that scholarship or that full ride um, to college. But in the event that your child does receive a scholarship grant, um, attends a military academy, or if your employer offers tuition remission, um, there are several options you can choose from. So you can use your account to pay for uh, tuition and fees not covered um, by that scholarship grant tuition remission. So that is uh, one option. Uh, you can also use your money to pay for those other eligible expenses that we talked about. So, you know, room and board, books, supplies, computers, and and so forth. And then you can also transfer your account to any other member of the beneficiary's family. So, um, for example, if there's a sibling that may be uh, attending college in the future, um, you can certainly transfer that account to their name. You can also um, keep any unused funds in your account to pay for future college expenses. So that includes graduate school. So maybe your child who received that full ride for undergraduate school wants to uh, be a doctor. You can go ahead and use it for uh, graduate school. And then um, you can also withdraw any unused funds up to the amount of a scholarship or grant without penalty, although income taxes on earnings may apply. So the money that you put in um, into the account, that money comes out after taxes, but you may be taxed on those earnings if you're withdrawing the funds and you're not using them for eligible education expenses. Okay. And is there is there a penalty to, or it's only just on earnings? So it's only on earnings. However, in the event that your child does not receive a scholarship, doesn't receive that grant tuition remission, or doesn't attend a military academy, um, and you just take the money out to buy a car, then um, you know you'll get the um, taxes, income taxes on those earnings. But then there's also an additional ten uh, percent federal tax 
on the earnings as well. So again, the principal, you know, you get back because that money has already has already been taxed. It's just the earnings that are going to get the, hit with those taxes. Now, in the event, let's say there's an unfortunate um, event where your child, you know, passes away, or if there is a disability that precludes your child from attending the higher education institution, um, you'll still get the income tax on the earnings, but then uh, that federal 10% tax penalty will not apply. Okay, that's waived in that case. Okay. Correct. So I think the the key point here is that there's a tremendous amount of flexibility for different ways that it can be used. I know our clients all the time will transfer to uh, siblings. I mean, that's quite common, right? Because mm-hmm. one sibling is going to spend more, one sibling is going to go to college for longer. Um, so that that usually ends up being a good use of these funds. Um, but then, you know, kind of all these other things, whether it's whether it's paying for kindergarten up to 12th grade or whether it's going to apprentice school. I mean, there's so many different uses here. And like you mentioned, I think this was a great one too, is that it can be used for graduate school. So sometimes kids don't know immediately whether they're going to do that or not. So it's a good right. idea to kind of sit on it. If you do have some excess there, just sit on it, maybe talk to your financial advisor and figure out you know, what you want to do, because it sounds like there's, there's a number of options here. Oh, and one other thing, if you do have a Maryland College investment plan, you know, adults can use the plan too. So for example, maybe your child doesn't need the money, but perhaps you want to go back to school. You could, you know, you could use the funds yourself to pay for your education expenses. So just something to think about too, for those who are looking to maybe pursue a new career or new trade. I am so glad you mentioned that because I just had that conversation with a client because I think a lot of people now when they retire, they they want to take some classes and when whether they want to you know use them for anything is a, a different question but that that's a huge trend i think is that people when they retire when they get older they they don't mind going back and doing some education they think it's kind of fun and so to have these funds available to assist in that case too is is a great benefit oh absolutely and i think too um, after you know the the coronavirus and you know a lot of folks you know kind of reevaluating you know, their current careers and thinking, hmm, maybe I should be doing something else. I, I think it's it's very timely. So it is a great benefit um, that you can actually uh, use the plan as an adult. Right. And it would probably make it easier to make that decision because if you are trying to make a career change, and obviously that can, can be expensive, or if you're out of work and you already have the funds set aside, it certainly makes it a lot easier to dip into that versus something else. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is another question that I think is important and is on people's minds. So how does a 529 plan affect your FAFSA? And I do not know what FAFSA stands for, but I want to just clarify what it is. So basically this means how does having funds in a 529 for a child affect their ability to receive kind of government aid and loans? Sure. Uh, This is probably uh, one of the most popular questions. So participation in the Maryland 529 plans um, doesn't limit your ability to apply for financial aid or a student's receipt of merit-based financial aid. Um, that includes academic or athletic scholarships. So like most investments, it may affect your ability to receive need-based financial aid. For example, if a parent is the account holder and their child is the beneficiary of the 529 account, the assets will reduce a student's aid package by up to a maximum of 5.64% of the 529's account value. So if a parent's 529 account has $10,000, 
their child's financial aid award could be reduced by as much as $564. So only need-based aid is impacted in this manner, not merit-based aid. And since most need-based aid financial packages um, are offered in the form of loans, which must be paid back with interest, any college savings can help to reduce reliance on student loans. Uh, just remember that earnings are not guaranteed in the college investment plan and a client could lose money. And then also for FAFSA purposes, ownership of the account, meaning whether a parent grandparent or the student is the account holder, as well as the timing of the distributions can impact how the 529 account is considered for purposes of calculating federal financial aid. So this sounds great. You know, I'm on board. I want to do it. What's the maximum amount that can be contributed to a 529 plan in Maryland? Sure. Uh, so you can make contributions to a beneficiary until their balance across the Maryland 529 programs reaches $500,000. So it's a, it's a pretty uh, generous leeway there. How many changes a year can someone make to their 529 investment options? And I want to clarify here. So this is kind of like a retirement plan. We're talking about the um, investment plan option one. And so you have this menu of investments. And so I think it's important for people to understand it's not like a traditional 401k. Most 401k plans, at least that I'm aware of, don't have restrictions on how many investment changes you can make throughout the year, um, although some might. But I think 529s are very unique in the fact that they do. So can you just talk a little bit about if somebody has a 529 plan and they're in, they're in the investment plan option, how many changes can they make to that investment? So let's say they say, oh, I want to go from something more risky to more aggressive or vice versa. How many times can they do that? Sure. So um, in a 529 plan, you're permitted to move your funds from one portfolio to another twice per calendar year for the same beneficiary. Okay. So yeah, important for people to understand is that to, you can make two changes. After that, you're actually restricted. And I believe the reason why they do this is that they really don't want people, the intent of this is to be a long-term investment vehicle. So they really don't want people in there kind of actively trading on the account. They want them to kind of make the investment decisions and kind of leave it for the, the longer haul. But they do have the flexibility of making two changes throughout the year. That's correct. Okay. When is the best time to start? Well, there are advantages to starting early and saving money monthly over time uh, to give yourself that longer uh, time to realize all the potential benefits. However, there are no age restrictions when you open a Maryland College Investment Plan account. As you might recall, I mentioned that adults can use the plan too, so it's never too late to get started. Now, if you're enrolling in the Maryland Prepaid College Trust, the beneficiary must be in the 12th grade or younger, and the benefits cannot be used until your account has been opened for three years. So let's say you have a senior in high school and you open up that prepaid account this year. Technically, you may not be able to start using your benefits until your child is most likely a junior um, because three years have to pass before you can start using your benefits in the prepaid college trust. Um, however, with the college investment plan, you know, it, you, you could be at any age when you open up the account. Okay. So there are some restrictions around the prepaid college trust. And of course, if you're contributing when your child is that old, you're going to miss out on most of the benefit because it's kind of adjusted inflation starting earlier makes more sense than when you only have like maybe a year or two. Sure. Well, you know, the younger your child, the longer the time frame you have to, you know, for the investments to potentially grow. Right. 
And that's kind of what I always tell people too. So thank you so much, Michelle, for all this information. I think we really got a chance to dig in pretty deep into the 529 plans, hopefully demystify them and and get people pumped about using them because our kids' college education is invaluable. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Please read the entire enrollment carefully before deciding to enroll. The Maryland Senator Edward J. Kessemer Prepaid College Trust and Maryland Senator Edward J. Kessemer College Investment Plan Disclosure Statements provide investment objectives, risks, expenses, and costs, fees, and other information you should consider carefully before investing. If you or your beneficiary live outside of Maryland, you should compare Maryland 529 to any college saving program offered by your home state or your beneficiary's home state, which may offer state tax or other state benefits such as financial aid, scholarship funds, and protection from creditors that are only available for investments in such state's 529 plan. Hightower Bethesda is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Bethesda and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Hightower Bethesda and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.